welcome back to Europe Now from the sunny south of France. Now, as you can see on this beach behind me right now, there's not much need for masks and physical distancing. There's just a few locals who've come here to fish or to bathe. Normally, France is the most visited country in the world with 90 million tourists almost in the year 2019. And this region of Provence-Alpes-Côte d'Azur has lost out big time as those numbers slid by over 40% in the year 2020. Well, tourism is going to be one of the big topics that we tackle in this part of the programme. We'll be meeting two local politicians, both members of the European Parliament, but for very different political families, the far right and the far left. But first, let's go inside the local vaccination centre. This is the François Léotard base, a former military aerodrome. These are huge tents set up by the local vaccination organizing group. They're heated, it's pleasant, and it's working well. I'm a retired doctor. I'm volunteering here. In this centre, there's a fire service officer who liaises with the local authorities and is the head of the centre. There are also medical professionals, nurses and doctors, all volunteers. We're getting a lot of people in. People sign up online or via a call centre. Appointments are mandatory and we're vaccinating as quickly as we can. Across the two Côte d'Azur centres, we're vaccinating about 430 people per day. Added to that are the people getting vaccines in hospitals, retirement homes and care homes. Welcome to Fréjus. I'm Julie Le Chanteur, French member of the European Parliament in the Identity and Democracy Group. My political party is Rassemblement National. There's one vaccine being used in at least one country of the European Union, Hungary, with whose government I know your party is, is close. Is Sputnik V, the Russian vaccine, hasn't yet been authorised or approved, however, by the European Medicines Agency. Would you be in favour of it being used in France? Yes, of course. We're in favour of using vaccines, whether they're Russian or American. The goal is to vaccinate all those who want it as quickly as possible. It, it would be possible for France to use Sputnik V uh, without EMA approval. There's an emergency authorization that's possible. However, do you not see a concern about uh, a health risk uh, without waiting for that EMA approval? I think we should trust Russia like we can trust the Americans. From the moment they vaccinate their own population with their own vaccine, that means we can do it too and activate this vaccination here in France and in the EU. A non-pandemic related topic now, but one that's very big, particularly in this region of France, migration. There is a new European level plan intended to have all member states share the responsibility for undocumented arrivals. Your point of view on this? This plan on migration is a real danger for our civilization. We see it every day in all of the opinion polls. The increased feeling of being unsafe in our country. 
We have more than 10 million people today living below the poverty line, and we are promising miracles for all these people who want to get into our continent. Are you saying it's the fault of the migrants arriving, that there are people living in poverty in France? For several years now, we've already had a lot of problems restarting our economy. But the fact is that there is this migration plan and that we are accepting ever more people than we are able to afford. Now, it used to be your party's policy to have a so-called Frexit to leave the European Union. That's no longer the policy. Why that change? Marine Le Pen knew when to listen to the French people and she wants to negotiate with different EU countries to strike deals. Before Brexit happened, many more French people were in favour. As things have gone on, and it has been a, a complicated process, is your party perhaps just being a little bit pragmatic and saying, look, it's maybe a bit more complicated than we thought? Today I think that Brexit has been quite complicated, but it was made more complicated by the European Union, which wanted to punish the UK for wanting to leave. For me, we should respect the will of the people, the will of nations, the will of countries. in right now on how young people have been affected by the pandemic and it's not just about jobs there have also been young people who've had their studies interrupted finding it hard to get places to rent or even food to eat Celine Schmidt and Mathilde Benizé have been to find out more Monsieur Emmanuel Macron nous sommes l'avenir de la France mais nous ne sommes pas écoutés et encore moins entendus Que pouvons-nous faire face à vous de toute façon, à part nous taire et pleurer Je vous prie, monsieur, d'entendre les plaintes d'une jeunesse déchirée. Paul had great expectations for his first year at university, partying and socializing as well as studying, but instead he went on a hunger strike for two weeks to raise the alarm about the distress many students are experiencing. With only a few days of in-person teaching over the past year, Paul feels increasingly isolated. Alors euh, voilà ma chambre. Here's my bedroom. My classroom, my lecture hall. This is where I spend nearly all my time. A computer, a bed, and four walls make up Paul's entire university experience. One in six students has thrown in the towel. Everyone says that young people must be full of life, full of youthful zest for life, but during this crisis, there was none of that. There was no hope for the future. It was as if we were dead. This will have an impact further down the line on how this generation copes. Fears for the future, or even simply concerns about where the next meal is coming from. The lines for these food banks have grown. More and more students are joining the queues. The Valence Red Cross Centre provides free food parcels. For students like Andrea, it's a lifeline. I receive 170 euros in grants, and my rent is 400 euros, so that's clearly a problem. I don't have enough money for electricity, for Wi-Fi. Young workers, too, have suffered the brunt of the economic hardship. Lena has worked in the hospitality sector since she was 20, but with restaurants closed, she can't find work. She's too young to qualify for France's universal credit scheme. I've realised that when you're under 25, you don't exist. Me, I've got no one to help me or look after me. 
Youth unemployment is 5% higher in France than the EU average. France proposes retraining programs for young people, but for Lena, that's a step back. I like working in restaurants. I worked really hard to find a job in the sector. And now they're telling me to try something else. I'm 24 now, and to be in this position, this isn't what I wanted from life. For Lena, the next step is meeting with youth employment counsellors to find out what age she can receive. The Youth Guarantee Scheme provides 500 euros per month. In return, the young participants agree to find work, a training programme or return to university. The pandemic has upended many people's dreams, like students who'd intended to study abroad as part of the Erasmus Scheme. Lucia was supposed to be in Dublin now, instead she's stuck in Antsy. Hello, Lucia. What's the weather like today in France? It's, it's really sunny. Lucia is studying applied foreign languages. She'd been hoping to perfect her English with a year in Ireland. It won't help me much. I won't get the total immersion, the fluency that I'd hoped to get in English. And it would have been the first time for me living in a flat share. And here I am, back with my family. It's really a big step backwards. Since the start of the pandemic, nearly half of French students have been forced to return to France and continue their Erasmus experience from home. I am Manon Aubry, a French member of the European Parliament and the co-chair of the left group in the European Parliament. And we're here in saint where I grew up in the southeast of France. I wanted to talk specifically about young people. There's a specific mention of young people in the French government's priorities for spending this EU recovery money. It sounds like things that your party agrees with. They're still, the French government, refusing to implement what we call the RSA in, in France, which would be a sort of a minimum income for all of the youth. Other EU countries are doing it, by the way, like Denmark. Uh, but the French government is refusing it, you know, using the argument that it's costing too much money, but sorry, the crisis will cost more money. And we have, we have young people at the moment in France, the sixth or seventh richest country in the world, starving. So no, the, the government is not helping the youth because they, I think they haven't understood the extent of the crisis for that generation. There are those who might say, look, this pandemic took everyone by surprise. Is it a bit early to pronounce a verdict? on those kind of measures? I mean, sure, a year ago, no one was prepared for it. Now it's been a year and we can't say we didn't know the impact on people. I'd like to take a specific look now at one sector that really directly impacts this part of the world, tourism. We spoke earlier to someone who runs a cafe in saint Raphael. The pandemic, to be totally clear, it's really hurt us. We close, we reopen, we close again. We lay people off for a time, we lose our customers, we lose contact with lots of people, and then we wait. Right now, the entire tourism sector is only surviving because of state aid. The French state has been good, though, because they've paid us our funding quickly. The day when the government stops its subsidies, so to speak, for the tourism sector, there's going to be a lot of damage. 
It's essential that foreign tourists come back to Saint-Raphaël and Fréjus because it's mainly down to them that we have a holiday season that lasts four months. Well, I think the best way to uh, get uh, tourism back in a region like here is uh, to get people vaccinated, and that's the most efficient. You yourself in the past have said that the European Commission didn't negotiate well enough on the vaccine contracts. The counter-argument to that would be, look, if each of the 27 member states had gone it alone, this would have been a fierce battle, and maybe France would have had more vaccine, but... What about solidarity with the poorer states? What we're saying is not that each single member state should be negotiating on its own, but clearly at the same time, the European Commission has been late and too weak because they've been you know, unable to impose to uh, the big pharma to publish their contract. Now the, uh, the companies are not respecting their uh, delivery calendar and, you know, cherry on the cake, um, they are, the big pharma are refusing um, to waive the patents. There's a new European migration pact which was presented some months ago. Its stated aim to share responsibility for this issue, to have more cooperation, more solidarity. What's your take on that? In practice, it will make the European Union even more of a bunker because it will, for example, speed up uh, the, the timing by which uh, people are sent back. We tend to forget that we're talking about people, like human beings, like you and me, no matter where they're from. Can we say at the very least that this plan is a, a step in the right direction? Well, it's not compulsory. But they have to participate financially in helping yeah. resolve the problems. Yeah, but some money won't really help if there's, if there's no cooperation in terms of welcoming those people. And just to keep in mind what we're talking about, it's not like uh, uh, millions of people coming like sometimes the far right is telling us. We're talking about you know, a tiny percentage of the EU population that clearly the, the EU has the capacity to welcome. Manon Aubry, thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. Well, speaking about migration, that's a massive issue for France and the EU, where it has clashed with a big neighbouring country, Turkey. And as we are right here on the Mediterranean, we thought it was a perfect moment to take a closer look at France's relations with its Mediterranean neighbours. Macron's zihinsel noktada bir tedaviye ihtiyacı var. A far-from-diplomatic tone from Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan and the response barely concealed the anger felt in Paris. We demand that Erdogan change his dangerous policies. Last autumn, diplomatic relations between Paris and Ankara hit rock bottom. The row coming as Ankara extended its ambitions in the eastern Mediterranean, a move that has divided Europe. In July last year, Turkey deployed 18 warships to the Aegean Sea. The Greek government reacted immediately, sending fighter jets to force a maritime U-turn. But Athens' show of force found little backing from its EU allies, with only France and Cyprus on board. France, along with Greece and Cyprus, had a position that could not lead to a consensus. There are a certain number of countries within the EU that do not share the same vision when it comes to Turkey. Poland, for example, Hungary, Germany. Because their prime concern is coping with migration flows. Populism and nationalism have put wind in the sails of Erdogan's maritime ambitions. The goal? Return the Turkish Navy to its former glory by expanding its reach across the Mediterranean. 
Ankara wants to break with a century-old international treaty and extend its naval zone of influence. It's a policy dubbed Mavi Vatan, Blue Homeland. We cannot accept what Greece wants. And everybody should respect the Turkish rights. In agency, Turkey wants a median line between the two mainlands. That's, that's so simple. That is so fair. The fuel for that renewed rivalry, the discovery of huge undersea natural gas reserves. In this energy race, Turkey signed a deal with Libya, allowing it access to zones claimed by Greece and Cyprus. Athens countered with a similar deal, this time with Egypt, to maintain its influence on the contested area. But with Turkey's economy already in decline before the pandemic, pragmatism may trump populism and push Ankara and the EU to more cordial relations. It's here in the Bay of San Rafael that we will say goodbye for now. Thanks very much for watching. Hope to see you next time. Mm -hmm.